Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Exciting news. The ESL Empowered, Secure, and Loved eight-week relationship coaching program is officially reopened for application. This eight-week program fills up really quickly every time we open the doors. So you are going to want to apply ASAP. This program is for you if you're ready to get off the dating roller coaster for good. And if you need those internal shifts that allow you to embody a securely attached woman so you can effortlessly attract that relationship that you want. It also is for you if you need the tools for attracting and maintaining that healthy relationship. The program is designed, obviously, to help you bring in that partner that you can build a long-term, intentional, healthy relationship with. And even more importantly, it is about healing that relationship with yourself. This is that internal transformation that is needed when you're ready to step into the relationship that you deserve and to step into the next level of your life. I am personally inviting you to apply if you know that you're ready for help in this area of your life. You can't do it alone. You've tried everything and you are absolutely ready to do the internal work to get the change that you need so you can stop the pain and the heartache in your life and maybe go back into summer, go back into dating, feeling empowered, secure, and loved and ready to attract that relationship that you're so deserving of. If that's you and you're like, okay, Dr. Morgan, I hear you. I know I need this. I am going to take ownership of this area of my life. Enough is enough. I know I deserve what I deserve and I'm going to take action. If that's you, I encourage you to go to my Instagram bio, use the link there. It's apply now. So apply for the program there, or there will also be a link in the show notes. Make sure you don't wait. Apply now to reserve your spot in the program. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Dr. Morgan, and welcome to a very special episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I have my friends, Blake Primer and Chris Casper. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So excited to talk with you guys, because what happens is I think oftentimes you know, we have the female perspective on here and we learn a lot about anxious attachment. 
but we don't talk as much about avoidant attachment and the male experience and navigating career and dating. And I thought to myself, who better than you two to come on the podcast and talk about this with? So I was so excited. Before we get going, Chris, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? And then Blake, we'll have you intro yourself as well. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my name's Chris, Chris Casper. Um, most people call me Chris, though. I'm 29 years old. <laughs> I am a, a director at a social media company. I work with video talent. Um, in my free time, I like to trade playing cards. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> thank you. And thank you yeah. returning guests, but still intro yourself. Not many people have the distinction of twice appearing on your show. So I take that as a badge of honor. Uh, for those who know me from episode 40, I think it was, hey, I'm Blake Primer. I do uh, advertising as my job. I also stream on an app called Meet Me. Um, so that is how I met Chris and we became great friends through that app. And yeah, I'm excited to dive into whatever we get into today. And you know, I'm going to get vulnerable again. So <laughs> awesome. Welcome, guys. I'm so excited to have you. Um, I thought it would be great if we could just start out with like, where are you at right now in your dating lives and kind of like what's going on and what, where would you like to be? So we're just going to dive in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blake, you handed me the torch there. Um, where am I? Uh, lost but seeking uh, is the kind of. Ooh, the, that's I poetic. Guess. Lost but seeking. Lost but seeking. Um, I've I've spent most of my adult life single. Um, I've had a few long term relationships. Um, one when I was around 21 years old. I'm 29 now. I don't know if I said that earlier. Uh, when I was like 18 through 20 was my first major one. Um, and then last year, there was like a year long, long distance relationship that I was in. Um, but yeah, for, for most of my adult life, I've been single. So for me, um, it comes down to a, a few things, which I feel that most of them are just personal and need to to be developed about myself or come to some realizations about myself and what it is that I actually want and what I'll be happiest with. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason I'm on the show today, right? So lost with seeking, we'll just stick with the short answers. My answer. I like that. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Blake, what about you? Yeah, I am 100% still single at the moment. Um, 100% ladies. 100%. Uh, my heart is it is open to finding the love of my life. And that is so where I want to be. Now, I still have so much going on. I'm such a like goal-oriented person between work and streaming and friends and side projects. I do continuously have stuff on my schedule. So I don't often feel you know, bored or um, feel like I have, I, I always feel like I've, I'm overwhelmed in some ways of just having so much on my plate. And I think I still am in the process of working on something that you talk about all the time, making space for the dating phase so that eventually if I want a relationship, which is exactly what I want, I actually have the time for it. 
And I think I'm still caught in this, you know, meetings I have, side projects, business ventures I'm, I'm part of, like so much is filling up my cup that I'm continuously not making time to date, which again, I talked about a lost podcast. I'm still, it's not the most fun thing in some ways to get on a dating app and, you know, look for someone. So I'm, it's like, I'm not spending the time on it, but I still also have some work to do on misconceptions. I feel like I have even of the dating process. Thank you. I feel like that's something that so many people can relate to. And I think one thing to realize is a lot of this can be kind of unconscious, like for, for so many people, especially if you're listening thinking that, oh yeah, I'm just really focused on my career or my family and my friends on what I want to do, et cetera. And it's really easy to be in that place and kind of unconsciously almost protecting yourself from the experience of being in a relationship. But I think, and, and here's the thing, if it's in alignment with what you really want and you actually really want to be single, and you're honest with yourself and you want to be single and your actions are in alignment with that, great. However, if there's the cognitive dissonance of you genuinely want that partnership, you see yourself having a family and then the behaviors aren't matching up with that, that's where some of that pain can come from. And, you know, essentially you're not in alignment with what you want for yourself. So I want to ask you both that, like, do you know, do you have the clarity that you want a partner? I almost need to rephrase that first question then that you asked me of where I'm updating, because what you said there gave me more insight as to what I probably should have just said as my answer. Um, I, I think that I have idealized and love the idea of get married, have children, do those things. Um, the idea sounds right, you know? classic dream for, I guess, some people. Thing is, for me, I'm really comfortable where I'm at. I'm really comfortable with my routine. I, there's a lot of certainty what I do. I have the flexibility to meet and connect and talk with who I want to. Um, and I don't have this guilt that I may be detracting from a relationship or unfairly investing in others, which is something that I've experienced in the past. Um, so for myself, I, I'm just trying to juggernaut forward in my career at all times, full pistons firing. I don't quite relate to Blake when he says that it's getting in the way of dating because to me, dating is fun. In general, meeting people is fun. That's the aspect of dating that I love. I hear from a lot of other people that they dread that initial meeting and having to go through the motions of what's your favorite color and where'd you go to high school? I thrive on that. And and almost I want to always exist in that space of this just getting to meet you, just getting to know you, soak that up. Okay, what else is going on? I want to pause you for a second because you said something really valuable that I think a lot of people can relate to. And you're almost talking about a values conflict, right? Of I really value my free time, my independence, getting to do whatever I want with my time, hanging yeah. out with friends, you know, making my career even better. You really value those things. And then you also have experiences from the past where those values were negatively impacted by being in a relationship, right? So, so you have that. Um, but then 
there's also this value of wanting a relationship, right? Is is that there? I'll, I'll reference back to the idealized version of the in that picturesque in your mind, you imagine growing old with someone and you love each other and are invested and have had children or possibly. Um, I, I, I don't consider marriage to be or finding a partner um, an essential step in the path of growing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, I, I had grown up imagining, okay, you go to high school and then maybe you go to college and you eventually get married after college and find a steady career and grow. But as I've gotten older, I've realized there's so many more paths that you can take if you're willing to break away from the norm, or at least what's modeled around you. And I had seen a lot of that modeled around me. And so the more that I find that I thrive in this non-traditional model, the more I almost push away from it and say, well, hey, I've already achieved and done so much, not forming into what I've seen as a a regular behavior, how how much further can I take this? And then this gets me into the spiral thinking of, well, am I going to be 40 or 50 retaining onto this feeling and have this hope that maybe I'll find someone? And then eventually it's too late and I have to reflect and go, where did I go wrong? So, oh, the dread. Oh, right? oh God. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I really appreciate the vulnerability. It's true, though, right? It's like, okay, this feels in alignment for you now. Mm-hmm. You really value where you're at. But then you start thinking down the road, and there is that part of you that says, well, hey, do I, do I actually really want someone to do life with? And there's the fear of not having it of, okay, if I'm 40, am I going to feel like I missed out on building a life with someone? Yeah. Woo, we are just getting vulnerable, y'all, real quick. <laughs> Zero to 100, real quick. <laughs> so I I think here here's one of the things I want to touch on. And Blake, I want to talk with you too, is, you know, if our values are in alignment with our actions, where we're at currently, we have to drop the guilt and the shame, right? But if we actually get honest with ourselves, we turn inward and we're honest with ourselves that no, our value has shifted to, I want to make space for somebody in my life. I want to prioritize partnership. Then my actions need to match up with that, right? And also drop the shame of, oh, I'm not chasing my career as much. So whatever path you're in, you have to have the acceptance of it. And I'm going to throw a little, I'm going to throw something at both of you. What about the idea that actually within a partnership, you can feel even more supported, more secure to excel even further in your life and career because you have that foundation, you haven't, and many people, you and many people have not experienced the kind of relationship that supports growth like that, but that doesn't mean that it isn't out there. So true. Yeah, man, Chris, that was so good. I'm so happy to be part of this with you. That was, that was amazing. So, um, yeah, so good. Thank you, Chris. I, I definitely think what you're saying is true and a piece of why. I feel like if this is the year for me, I really believe that in my heart. Uh, I feel like I was just working on my foundation throughout 
my 20s and even early 30s of just figuring out career-wise, you know, how I could make money but still be happy with my job. That took me a while to figure out my social skills I, I wanted to develop in my 20s. So yeah, I feel like I was building that foundation. And now I don't feel like I need to work on that anymore in some ways. I feel very confident in the man I am. I'm proud of the man I am. I'm like, I'm so yeah, happy with who I am and I'm ready to share that with someone. And my dream is to be with a partner. I want to be the dream couple. I talk about this all the time. I want to be the couple on the cruise ship, deck seven, or at the martini bar, and everyone's coming around us. You know, she's talking to person on the left. I'm talking to the people on the right, and everyone's just, we're in the center. I want to be that social couple. I want to be the couple that's just so aligned. And I feel like I'm really ready for that now. So, yeah, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I need to. I just, I'm, I guess I know I need to make the space in my life, but I'm trying to figure out how to break my cycle. And I, I think I'm just, it's like, I'm, I'm working so hard during the day, but somehow I'm comfortable in, in that. It's not like I'm being lazy mm -hmm. today, but I'm comfortable with my days being full. And I'm just, I just need to figure out how I can kind of break that so that I can have more time to, I think what Chris is saying makes a lot of sense to build more relationships, build more friendships put it out to the world even more about, you know, what I'm desiring, um, not just career wise. So yeah, I guess my struggle is definitely breaking the cycle of every day being so in a speedboat. I seriously feel like I wake up and I go to sleep each day because it's so fast paced every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I really feel like that. It's a little mm -hmm. scary that I wake up and I'm, I'm sleeping. Like mm -hmm. it's crazy. So right. I'm, I, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And, oh. oh, go ahead, Chris. Something that you had said I thought was really interesting was you said um, making choices uh, out of this guilt or like this guilt of, you know, how do I feel about the way that I feel over things? Mm -hmm. um, and I believe I had gone through that stage, but if, if I had to speak for myself, not necessarily for Blake, but I know for myself, it almost feels more of a position of fear that these feelings are now coming from is not that I feel guilty that I haven't selected to be with someone or, you know, haven't gone down this path of monogamous and happy. And here we are investing in each other. It's this place of fear that I don't know what I don't know. And I haven't experienced what I haven't experienced. And there's this comfortability and things are working really well that I just have for life of me, the inability to let go of, it seems like. And so now there's this whole looming fear of like, okay, you're doing these things, but what's the opportunity cost? So powerful. I really appreciate that share. And I think it applies to both of you, honestly, if I know Blake, um, and <laughs> which I think I do, right, Blake? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what's really, what's really interesting about this is like, this fear of, you know, losing who you are or what you've worked for or losing the future that, that you want. Um, I think some of it comes from, you know, feeling like if you're in a relationship that you're going to have to make sacrifices or that you'll lose parts of yourself or that, even, and, and this is an unconscious one. I don't know if we'll dig this up on this episode. Sometimes there's this fear though, that you're not going to be good enough and that the person's going to leave you and reject you anyways. So 
So, so Blake's like, definitely not. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I, I bet that's somewhere deep down. You're I, probably right. <laughs> a, a younger me, absolutely. Yes. I, I, and what you're talking about now is something that Blake and I, it's leading into something Blake and I definitely have in common. And I believe is a reason that we have difficulty finding partners, which is this, um, we find ourselves in, in a certain um, what would I say? Uh, I don't want to say a metric tier of person or tier standard of who we are right now and how we perform in the way that we live. Um, but if we were to take a step back and look at a year ago or two years ago, we were completely different people. And I have this feeling, and this is something that Blake has shared with me, not to completely speak for him, but is we, we think about, okay, well, what if the partner that we meet now is that perfect partner, but they're not the perfect partner for that version of ourselves a year from now or 10 years from now that yeah. we could date within a different bracket. Someone to grow with. Yeah. D- dating. I'll use that term, not Blake dating within a bracket of person, you know, I'm, yeah. it's. This is yeah. so I know you guys both have heard me talk about, avoidant attachment strategies. This is one of them. This is one of them. And because here, here's the reality. There are so many women out there right now who are quote unquote on your level, who would be stoked to date either one of you. I know that 1000%. So when we have the belief that that's not available or that it's harder to find, or what if that person isn't going to grow with us? It's actually a strategy to just stay in our comfort zone. So I know I'm giving you the tough love, but like, I, I know it's out there. And I think here's part of the thing too, is realizing that you can show up in the relationship consciously and intentionally. And if you need to speak to your partner about your own boundaries so that you can maintain your independence, or you need to speak to them about offering them to grow with you, you can do that. Maybe in your past relationships, that wasn't really an option. So maybe some of the template is, well, hey, I'm just going to get stuck in this or this person isn't going to grow or they're not going to respect my boundaries. So part of it is knowing like, hey, you can show up, be intentional, be conscious in your future partnerships. Yeah. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, to piggyback on what Chris said, I think Chris and I both share this in common. Um, growing up, I think, you know, we always wanted to be, you know, socially engaging and, you know, able to connect with people and having success in our career. And it's like, we both have seen that happen. So we've been on this awesome ride and we've bonded over this, this awesome ride where each year has gotten better, better, you know, and we've seen it. And I'm with Chris, my fear, my fear, and this is me being vulnerable. My fear is that I, is that I'll end up settling, you know, and that's a promise to myself. I will never want to break. I just, I really don't, you know, and so since I see myself improving every year, putting in the work to improve financially, you know, getting more secure, Mm -hmm. being more business ventures, having more friend, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, is it too early for me? Even though in my heart, I'm so open for love. My sister just had a kid. I want to have a little Blakey, you know, but is, uh, 
that's <laughs> that's I think that's a bit of the you know conflicting energies I'm having here. I'm open for love. I want love. I want kids, but like I just keep continuing to see myself excelling, and am I going to end up settling if I you know choose my partner now? Is Chris? Would you say like you're feeling the same way a little bit on that, or am I? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right there with it. It's not that I don't feel that I couldn't find someone right now. And I, I don't mean that in a vain way. I just mean that and I do feel the confidence in myself that if I set it as a goal and was open to really committing down with someone that we could have a relationship, the healthiness of it, questionable, but it, would it would it happen? Would there be a relationship? Yeah. Uh the, again, I mean, going back to that terminology is like a bracket or a tier of person. It seems as though the more confidence that I find in myself, the, the more I'm self-actualizing, hitting those personal milestones and goals. The, I mean, it's an old cliche, confidence is attractive, you know, or people are attracted to the confidence. Um, that has played so much into the person that I've become and that I, I can accept rejection uh, because it doesn't impact my ability to to finish and complete the goals that I have. Whereas when I was younger, there were so few things that I had self-actualized and achieved that every rejection was like a sledgehammer to the chest, you know? And, but now it's not that way because I've gone through it. Um, So yeah, I guess that was a tangent. I'm not quite sure where the point is to answer no, your no, question. It's good. <laughs> it's uh, so good. I I wanted to ask you guys about a little rumor I heard. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> what? <laughs> I heard about a secret pact oh. two of you made. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I have to tell Dr. Morgan a- everything. I have to. <laughs> That's true. Do you guys want to talk about that? <laughs> I'll go first since I revealed the secret. <laughs> now we're really going public with it. But at the same time, I think in my opinion, this is the definition of friendship. I think Chris and I, because it's both of our true fears in life, or at least for me, it's 100%. I, and yeah. I just said it, the, the settling part. And I think I just wanted to say to him, man, whatever partner I find, I would love for you to appreciate, to love, and think this is me putting my best self forward and attracting someone else who compliments that. So what, are like, gonna be, <laughs> what are they going to be, Blake? What are they going to be? What are they going to be? So what? <laughs> I don't know. So dope. <laughs> so, so this is like an accountability <laughs> partner. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, I can't wait to meet her. I think she's going to be sweet, kind, and she's going to be so dope. And I'm really... Chris's future wife? Mine. That's a throwback. I was on Chris Casper's show on Meet Me Suited Up, and I claimed that my future partner is going to be so dope. And he started laughing. Oh, so dope. (laughs) I'm not a very supportive trust buddy. Apparently I just, I thought the adjective of dope was the (laughs) funny, like here you have eloquent, Yes. Put together, Blake. He's talking vulnerably <laughs> about the things that he needs and he wants. He's like, Chris, I just know that my partner is gonna be so so dope. So dope. Well, <laughs> so ladies, dope. you heard it here first. If you are dope, Blake is interested. Yeah, hit him up. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. <laughs> on a serious note, I do think it is a. Um, it is like a serious thing in some ways. Of I just, I really want 
myself to be in a, like a relationship that I'm proud of, that is the best of me. And I want to see that for one of my best friends, Chris, too. So yes, I, I would call it a path. Um, yeah. I would just call it that we're in a healthy, loving relationship. And I, I told him I will check him on that. And same with like, when I meet that person, like they're going to meet my family. <laughs> well, way before they meet my family, they're going to meet Dr. Morgan. <laughs> they're going to meet Chris. <laughs> and is That's it wrong, right. by the way, publicly, I don't know if I'm crossing some bridge. Is it okay to say publicly that like, if they don't pass the friend test, that's a huge red flag. Because Chris is on that, like, maybe I shouldn't call it a test. Uh-oh. <laughs> to, to be clear, too, to clarify what the pact is. Because yeah. I, I know we said that there was a pact, but the pact was the disagreement is that we wouldn't let either person settle. Is that yeah. we wouldn't let the other person talk themselves into a situation that... Yes wasn't actually the right fit. There were a lot of compromises and it's easy to nickel and dime yourself as far as what your values are going to be into a position where you wouldn't have put yourself initially. Yeah. Um, to, that, uh, I, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to talk about it though. Are you guys open to some feedback? Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. So like, do you not like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> 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 so here, here's my thought. And I think you guys will agree with this, but let's see. So relationships at their core, they are a vehicle for growth. When, when we are, you know, in a partnership with someone, it provides growth for us and it provides growth for them. Right. And when you're with that person, you have secure attachment and you're consciously dating, you can create this third entity, the living, breathing third entity that is your relationship. And that will support growth in both individuals. Right. So I think my kind of like my gentle challenge to this is I would hate for you to be writing people off who you could build that vehicle for growth with. So by, by all means, I wouldn't want you to be with somebody who would prevent you from growing. That's not the right relationship for you. Right. But I wouldn't, I also don't want you to be writing people off who you could have that potential partnership with. And what I think this looks like is being willing to be curious and be love scientists and gather the data on people before you write them off. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> You're just like, nah, sounds great. Not that one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think the common misconception is like this pact is only I don't know one facet of it. It's truly a holistic approach. We're just saying we hope we're with partners that are fitting of what we want. So for me, that's like that cruise ship example. So yeah. I, I think it would be kind of concerning. I think Chris would bring this up if I, I chose some partner who didn't like going on Sally, cruise ships. Sally wants to stay in your room the whole time, doesn't want to talk to anybody. And that's not Yeah, fair. exactly. So I don't know. You but know, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, so, so when you think about not settling, I want you to think about your partner is the person who brings out that best version of you, right? Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So... So yeah, I guess yeah, it's just making sure that you're both able to kind of realize what that what that looks like for each other. 
And, and also I know a true friendship, you're going to be curious about how the other person feels, right? Like at the end of the day, you're, you're going to want to say, Blake, do you feel like the best version of you when you're with this person? And if Blake Ooh. says yes, right. Okay. So that's our pact. We will ask each other when <laughs> we get into those relationships, that one question. And if the answer is yes, then Okay. <laughs> you guys i feel like when y'all get married we're gonna have to do a another episode with your wives on here and we're gonna talk ah. through all the stuff <laughs> uh, they, this could be I, the episode I, yeah i'm gonna wish you a happy 50th anniversary on the show when that happens <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's going to be probably a long time before I'm able to work that out. That's so interesting, Chris, that you see it that way. Yeah. Are you, are you trying to be a sugar daddy? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking, Chris. But no, like, no. why why does it feel so far out for you? I just, It doesn't seem... Uh, tangible, right? Like it's not something I can manifest and see, you know, myself holding hands and going on dates. I, I, I'm bad at it. I, I don't know. I, I haven't done it. I have, I've dated. If you were to ask me, have I been in love? Yes, I think so. Um, as far as that unconditional love where you are willing to I don't know what the healthy version of that even looks like, because I was about to say, put the other person before yourself. I don't know if that's actually healthy or like what marriage love is supposed to be. Um, I guess I just don't know what it is, but I do see happy long-term couples. And uh, I just have not experienced that, obviously. I so appreciate you sharing this. This is part of what Blake and I talk about, right, Blake? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so this whole piece of being able to envision it and even yeah. know what it looks like and kind of have that clarity and that clear picture for myself also, I had to really work on creating that because I didn't have models of it growing yeah. up. It certainly wasn't within my friend group or, or anyone I knew. So I had to intentionally reflect, seek out, and envision what do I want in my healthy partnership? And if you go back in my journal, like a couple years, there are entries and entries and entries of my partner is a great communicator. He respects me, values, et cetera. So over and over and over creating that certainty of the vision. Mm -hmm. So my homework for you, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> pull out that journal. <laughs> I, I want you to start reflecting on this. What is your ideal partnership? What does it look like? See, every time I try and do something like that, I worry that I might be writing off characteristics that aren't the, the necessities, right? Like for the longest time, I thought I had to have an extroverted partner, someone who also wanted to be the life of the party or be able to converse with people. And maybe that is a need to have. I'm not sure. It's it's like I, I have to go through it. I'm very much a tactile person where I have to 
I'm saying be hands-on, but it, I'll equate hands-on to experiencing it, actually doing it. Um, so I can't, I can't seem to coach myself into the frame of mind of if you can accept having mm-hmm. this type of partner, you will be on a healthy path. It, it just hasn't, it hasn't hit home for me. I want you to just take, promise me you'll do this. Just take 10 minutes and get really quiet, get into a reflective place and just do a free write of my ideal partner is and no judgment of what comes up and just allow yourself to explore it. So Mm -hmm. before you start worrying about like, oh, well, what's really important, just open it up and just explore it. And then just trusting that, of course, it will become clear to you as the person comes into your life about what are the values that really, really matter. That was something I had to learn too of, I had a really long list and then eventually it came down to about five things. So just allowing yourself to know that you deserve to explore what you really want and that it will become more clear as you meet people. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's okay, fair. he's gonna baby do it, y'all. I, I okay, all right. You're pick you're picking up on my little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just goes right back to the person that I am today is a better version of who I, than who I used to be. Okay. And if I, you know, write out these things for the here and now of my ideal partner now is my ideal partner now is much different than my ideal partner two years ago, and it's that fear and maybe it's that attachment. Attachment, avoidant attachment. attachment that you're discussing. Yeah. Maybe it's that, that I'm feeding into. Uh, but I, I have this looming feeling all the time that what I think is right for me now may not be the right thing later. And am I making an investment that isn't fruitful? Question mark. So why don't we just keep working on ourselves and doing things that we know are productive for ourselves? And that's what I always default. Oh, by. man. <laughs> oh, my. Oh man, we gotta we gotta have a one-on-one session that's not being recorded, Chris. Oh no, it's that bad, Doctor. No, <laughs> no, Doctor. I think Chris and I are both just amazing examples of avoiding attachment to the tape. <laughs> you really are. You really are. <laughs> Which I'm so glad we're friends. It's just it's great. You know, I get the inside, the inside sneak peek. See, that's Chris's. And then I'm, I'm the ultimate, I am the ultimate um, believing in the one. And that for sure was my story. And I really didn't even know how much that was until this is a true story. I was doing a walk and it was a podcast of yours on avoidant attachment. And I was like, you're avoidant if you believe in the one. And it like stopped me in my track. It was like that is me to a T. And I think that has 100% been throughout my life, both the romanticism of the one, but then also a piece of what Chris is talking about because I'm developing myself, because I've seen myself become more financially secure, more, you know, socially engaged that I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm leveling up. So that, that future one partner, it, it could be more desirable for me because I've seen my life progress. And yeah, I, I think Chris and I have very similar. It's not just Chris. Um, we are honestly very, very similar in this. If if this is a fear for both of you, one of the things I'd like you to entertain is, well, what if I develop the belief that the woman that I attract into my life 
also has growth mindset, wants to grow as an individual, and wants us to grow together. Right? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> like, that's a possibility. And you know, I if, I, if I'm transparent, moving. if I'm transparent, growth mindset was my number one quality that I'm looking for in a partner. Ooh, wow. Really? Number one growth mindset. Why is that? Because I so value growth as an individual and growth as a couple, because then it translates to, you know, you want to improve the relationship. Mm. So yeah. And I found that. So you can use me as an example. (laughs) Oh, I don't worry. I have talked about it on the podcast. Okay. Not the first time. <laughs> I was like breaking news. One of the biggest podcasts in the history of Let's Get Vulnerable. 200,000 views. To, this is one of the. <laughs> wow. Yes, Dr. Morgan is off the market. Everyone Woo! knows. It's fine. <laughs> A clappy there. Yeah. So anyways. I always would write in my journal, my partner is committed to growth. My partner wants to grow as an individual and as a couple, right? Like you can have that as a value. It doesn't have to be a fear. It's a great point. No, it's actually a really good point. You're giving me more because like, I, I feel like I am very clear with what I'm looking for. And like for me, number one is vibrance. Like I, I know that I find that absolutely attractive and okay, I'm looking ladies. for a partner that has just that absolute vibrance. And like when you're around is bringing that energy. And that is kind of related to both my cruise ship example of us being that incredible couple. I'm proud of my optimism and my, yes. I, I think my own vibrance. So I, I look for, I, I find that attractive. I'm like, so attractive. when I see someone either on a sh- meet me, we stream. And if I see someone doing that, I'm like attracted to that. And I know that's what I want in my life. And you're right. The things that I have on my list that are so important to me, those are all things that aren't going to change a year or two years from now. Yeah. You know, and I need to, uh, yeah, it's like, I need to understand that that is true. What I'm looking for will, I feel so confident in is exactly what I'm looking for. Now that's could be the difference with Chris though. He might still be seeking a bit of what is on his, where I really do feel confident. I know exactly what I find to be attractive and what I am looking for. Mm. So vibrance and dope. If that's you. So dope. Vibrance and dope. (laughs) Blake, Dr. Moore, you know, poses to both of you. Um, Someone said to me, do you think you're trying to find the female version of yourself? And I was like, hmm, what do you mean by that? And then we kind of talked about that. And then through that, I was hanging out at my house and I had this, I won't call it an epiphany, but something that made sense to me is that I have put in place thinking that I really like a person's personality when it is that I like their interests. And that was like, for me you're saying I, chemistry versus compatibility right i you know it wasn't something that i thought of it was like they like this thing that i like i like they they had this experience growing up this thing was so similar and they're like no what do you like about their personality yeah and i kept referencing interests and i wasn't saying things like um i don't know what would be a personality trait that would be important but that's the point right is that yeah. 
was so not top of mind to make a differentiation between those things. Yeah. And once I started to do that, um, it made me feel better about some situations that I'd had in my life. Um, and, and made it. Yeah. Made <laughs> Very important because yeah, when I talk about like what you want in a partner, I'm not talking about like, you know, surface level things or their hobbies or their interests, et cetera. It's about who they are as a person, right? Like yeah. how they show up in the world. Um, and it, I think it's actually a really good point that there can be some things that will be in alignment with who you both are, but then it's also really great to have a partner who will compliment you. Like my, myself as an example, I am not organized. I hate details. And the person who I need in my life needs to be organized and be detail oriented. Like that's just how my partnership's going to work the best. Mm. Right. So, so there's ways that you, there's things that absolutely need to be the same for me. Growth mindset is one of those things. But then there's other areas where you can be very different and complement one another. And that's great. So, yeah, I think, Chris, that that's a really important point. And that'll help you when you do your homework and do your reflection, thinking about who the person is and what that looks like. Yeah. I also would like to say publicly, uh, timelines may not really work. Okay. And I would like to say <laughs> talk that about I did. That, Blake. <laughs> I did put a timeline publicly on a stream last year. This was, I think, even, even in December. Um, I was making some lockers. And I, uh, yeah, I publicly said, I will be with the love of my life by February. It is officially March 11th. Same great guy, but 100% have not. Uh, yeah, I am still uh, very much single. So... I don't know, but I still have that confidence. Maybe it's not that accelerated, but I still have that confidence that it's going to happen this year. I really believe that. I'm completely convinced that it will happen this year, but maybe I went a little um, off the path with me being so specific, business-like even, to say it's going to happen by the end of February publicly. There's no question about it. I'm out. The same energy that you use to succeed in your career is not what you need to succeed in relationships. So, okay. Talk to us, Chris and I, please, because Chris and I are both very, this is really helpful for us because Chris and I are so, this is what we bonded over too, honestly. This is probably how we became really great friends. We're both such hard workers. We work so hard on our craft and we bonded over that. We're very high performers and that we're always constantly yeah, pushing the envelope in our careers. And that was something like drew us together. Yeah. Just to use Blake as a teaching example here, if you're open, Blake. So, uh, yeah. so this idea of having absolute clarity on what you want and who that person is and what that relationship looks like and how you want to feel in that relationship, absolute clarity on that. But then what's so important with relationships is releasing of the how, the how and the when, right? Like releasing control of that. And then we we talk about this powerful energy of allowing and attracting instead of pushing, forcing, goal-oriented, right? And, and this is that piece of you're so clear in the macro, but then in the micro, in the day-to-day, you release the control and you allow it to happen. 
Come yeah. on, Chris, okay, come Chris. on. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not transactional. No, I don't believe that relationships are, are like transactions of, you know, it's a, here's the deal and I'm going to hit this deadline and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I Oops. gave Blake the hardest time about this February deadline thing, but yeah. he met he met every right thing by it. As in, yeah. what I heard was, I'm being intentional. I'm being dedicated and focused to my goal. And yeah. it's important to me. That's what I heard communicated when he said that. And we we supported him. Absolutely. I mean, I think like the intention of, I'm so serious about this, that this is going to yes. come into my life. Like that's beautiful, right? So what I would love for you to do is be able to say, you know, burn the boats as Tony Robbins would say, like, there's no going back. This is what I'm committed to. This is my vision. It's so clear. And I'm releasing the control of how it happens. I'm allowing it to come to me. So, and then it just happens naturally and you're not pushing it. And then this is how we attract what is meant for us instead of forcing. Yeah. You guys, I so appreciate you too. I feel like you got so vulnerable. <laughs> I love it. It's good stuff. Chris, this is one of those things where you have, we, Dr. Morgan, both her voice and her expertise, she puts you under a trance. You don't know what you said. You go back and listen to the episode and you're like, oh, my so. <laughs> hopefully you don't have an oh that my. about my voice i don't i don't really i don't get it but i appreciate that i'm glad i'm glad it brings it out good well i'm i'm happy to do this i'm happy my dream is when i do find that love of my life to help honestly i would love to help other avoidant uh people out there i know i'm not alone yeah. um so yeah i'm like That's excited to overcome my avoidant uh yeah and just see if i can get into that secure relationship so that's that's my dream it's happening it's happening uh, before i let you guys go every time i have a guest on i like to ask them a question and the question is if you were walking down the street and you meet somebody randomly and they ask you for your best life advice of the moment. It doesn't have to be your best life advice of all time, but just currently, what would you say to them? I'll go first. I said this last time, but it's so, so true. FOMO is not real. And I lived in so much FOMO during my 20s. It's crazy. And I feel like I, I just kept, had to go to each festival and I had to go to so many events. And I just kept chasing and chasing because I really feared I was going to miss out. It is. It's not true. Okay, FOMO's not that real. Um, you don't. If you miss the festival, you're gonna be okay. If you spend all that energy actually on yourself and improving yourself, or just enjoying life, it, not even improve it, just enjoying life rather than feeling like you're chasing or gonna miss out. I think you'll be so much happier. Uh, I think these current times have been a great example of that. I mean, there's not much going on to miss, but. Yeah, it's something that I know I will stick with me my whole life. And yeah, I'm not going to see that picture and be like, oh my God, I have to hop on a plane. Literally, I would say five, six years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to hop on a plane and go to Mexico because my friends are there right now. I'm going to miss out on the speech. Wow. You know, so that like, is still to me. 
That's yeah. a great share. That relates. I think it was episode, I don't know, 107, 108, but I talked about the number one lie about your happiness. What you just said Ooh. totally relates to that. Mm. So anyways, check out that episode, but great. Thank yeah. you, Blake. All right, Chris. Well, you're relating to the the FOMO <laughs> plug that Blake did. I I'm a FOMO person to a T. Um, I guess that's another another episode. Yeah. Uh, one of the there's two sayings in life that I, I have and that I live by, but I'll, I'll just do one of them right now. And the one that I would tell someone else if I saw them on the street and they wanted that advice, I'd say you reserve the right to change your mind provided new information is given. And so what that means is that if you have a belief or you've lived a particular way under the impression of something, having the open-mindedness to accept new information, entertain an alternative, and whether you end up agreeing with it or not is another conversation, but at least having that openness to listen and process it and digest it will keep you a student of life. And I like to believe that I can stay a student of life. So you reserve the right to change your mind, provided new information is given. Take everything. Chris, was this it. related to your experience on this episode? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I come into, I would like to believe I approach every situation that way. I um, love it. Great. Well, I just want to say I so appreciate both of you, two amazing humans who do a lot for people. And just appreciate your friendship. And thank you for coming on the podcast, being willing to be vulnerable. I honestly think that this episode will help a lot of people. So if people do want to connect with you guys, do you just want to give us your, your social media or how to connect with you? Yeah. Blake. Blake. Oh, uh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at B P R E M E R. That is my Instagram. I also do stream on an app called Meet Me. Uh, you can find me on there. Just type in Blake in the search. You'll see my picture. Uh, and those are probably the best ways to get in contact. Great. Thank you. And Chris. I am on all socials at C-H-R-I-S-C-4-S-P-E-R. So at Chris Casper, but the A in Casper is a four. All one word. All awesome. Chris Casper. <laughs> Go DM Blake and Chris. Tell them if you appreciated what they had to say on the episode. If you're a single lady and you want to get to know them, I'm just kidding. They didn't tell me to say that. Please, please don't. But if you appreciated the episode, go reach out to them. Um, and once again, guys, thank you so much for being amazing guests. Appreciate you. Cheers. Thanks for having myself and, and Blake. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And as always, everyone, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships We'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, 
the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.